So today we're in our uh, week, I believe it's week six of our series as we're going through the book of Mark. If you have a Bible or a Bible app, you can turn there to the Gospel of Mark. We've, we've learned that Mark is the shortest of the four Gospels, and it is an action Gospel, and we're trying something a little bit different here at Alpine to start off 2023. We're actually spending three months in the Gospel of Mark, and we're only going to be covering the first three chapters in those three months. So we're really taking it sort of section by section, not exactly verse by verse, pretty close, but really more than anything, section by section as we're going through the gospel of Mark. And I'll be honest, I wasn't sure how this was going to work. And so far, I'm loving it. So far, it's been really fun to just kind of dig a little bit deeper into, into just a few chapters, and, and we're, we're still going. So if you have any feedback on this, please let us know. You can f- give us feedback online or just grab me after the service, and I'd love to hear how you think it's going, but we think it's been a lot of fun to spend some time. Also, by the way, as, you've heard, as you heard from Chris earlier today, that we're um, going to be launching, sort of relaunching small groups. A couple times a year, we like to relaunch our small groups and really encourage people to join a small group. So if you've never joined a small group, This is a great place for you to connect with some other believers, some other people who come here to Alpine and talk about the sermon, talk about, so what we're going to be doing next month then as we launch our small groups is we're going to be sort of moving into Mark chapter 2, and Mark chapter 2 is all about challenging religion. You can go ahead and read it for yourself later today if you want to see what I'm talking about, but in Mark 2, Jesus is like going toe-to-toe with the religious authorities all throughout the chapter, and so what we're going to be doing as we cover chapter two together at church is we're going to be talking about all that, but you really want to talk about it in a small group. There's, there's nothing better than really unpacking it with some other people who are trying to wrap their mind around it as well. So again, if maybe it's been a while since you've been in a small group, or maybe you've never been in a small group before, and you're like, I want to, I want to try it out. I want to check it out. We encourage you. You'll, you can learn more about small groups next week in the lobby as we talk about them and get ready to sort of relaunch our small groups. Okay, so today we're going to continue on in the book of Mark, and we are in chapter 1, verses 29 through 39, and we're gonna, we'll take a look at those verses here in, in just a little bit, but I just want to tell you what it's about. It's basically going to give these 10, chap, 10 verses just give us a, just a glimpse at a day in the life of Jesus, which I think is really cool. How many of you... Um, how many of you like to watch van lifers on YouTube? Anybody raise your hand if you like to watch van- Some of you, yeah, some of you like to. My wife likes to as well. She's into the van life thing. And just any kind of life. Any, any other family, <laughs> any other family who's living life every day and filming it, she loves to watch this. Now, for me, this is weird. Can I get an amen from anybody? Is this not weird? Like, we're living our own lives here, are we not? Is something so wrong with our life that we're living right now that you have to check out and watch someone else's life on YouTube, right? Is it just me? Do I, some of you, it's not resonating. It's very offensive to me that she gets into these other families. And I'm like, hey, let's watch some of our home movies. She's like, no, I don't, I don't need to watch our. I want to watch someone else's life. Not, anyway, sorry, I'll stop with that. Here's what, I, here's what I love about, here's what I love about our, our chapter, t- or our verses today. Our verses today, are, we actually get a glimpse. It's like a glimpse at Jesus' van life. We, we're going to get to see 
Remember, the Gospel of Mark, if you've been with us, the Gospel of Mark is the action gospel, so it goes really fast through the gospel. It, he does, it's the shortest one. He's just giving us little glimpses, and this little section of Scripture gives us like a glimpse of his day and kind of what is behind his day. He, he pulls back the curtain a little bit. We're going to see today. He even pulls back the curtain a little bit so that we can see kind of how he, how he even starts his day. Now, we're not going to look at that yet. We're going to look at his morning second. First, we're going to look at an afternoon and an evening, and we're going to see that Jesus, here's kind of the big takeaway for today, Jesus didn't have time for Netflix. I mean, that's my big takeaway from this. Is like, And you'll see it too. Jesus didn't have time for Netflix. Jesus was so busy, he was so focused, he was so eager to meet the needs of the world around him, and there were, there were a lot of needs in the world around him, not unlike the needs in the world around us today, that Jesus didn't make time for Netflix like most of us do. Jesus cared about people. So let's take a look at a busy day in the life of Jesus. Mark chapter one, starting in verse 29. After Jesus left the synagogue, with James and John. So that was last week. If you missed last week, you can still find all that online. So he, he, he'd already spent time in the synagogue. And then they went to Simon and Andrew's home. And now Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. So here he's trying to kind of get away. He's just, he just did public ministry in the synagogue. If you missed last week, he casts out demons. Awesome, awesome uh, message last week. I thought it was so, so many great insights from last week's message. So he's, had, he's already had a pretty busy interaction casting out demons. And now, he, now he's getting away to Simon's home, to Simon's mother-in-law, or so, I guess it's Simon's home, yeah, Simon and Andrew's home, and his mother-in-law was there sick in bed with high fever. Now he's trying to, he's probably getting there thinking, I'm going to have a little bit of downtime. But he gets there, and he finds needs even there. How many of you know that there aren't just needs outside this, the four walls of a church? There are needs inside the church. And when you go home, there are needs inside your home as well. So everywhere you go, you can't escape it. Like there's just, there are needs all over the place. And that's just, if you think that that's unusual, it's not unusual. That's just how life is. There's always something. There's always an emergency. There's always a need. Someone's always in need somewhere, Right? And Jesus, this is what I love about this passage, is Jesus wasn't exempt from that. Jesus got to see that as he experienced life with us humans. And it says that they told Jesus about her right away. And so he went to her bedside. He took her by the hand, and he helped her sit up, and then the fever left her. And she prepared a meal for them. I love this. I, 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 a couple of things I love about this. First of all, is Jesus is... He's busy, he's got stuff going on. You're gonna see he's gonna stay even busier. But he, he gets there to Simon Peter's home and he's, and he's serving the needs of his family. He's loving on Simon's family. This is like a cool little glimpse that we get. Because most of Jesus' ministry is like public ministry. This is private ministry. Isn't it cool that we have a little glimpse of private, the private ministry of Jesus? I love this. I, again, Mark didn't have to include this. Mark only included certain things. He... He cut out a lot of stuff from his gospel. It's the shortest gospel, so why did he include this? I think he wanted us to see this. If you remember, actually, from week one of the series, we talked about the fact that 
Probably Mark got most of his information from the memoirs of Peter. And so it's not surprising then that Mark would be the one who, who's got to include this, this miracle that Jesus heals Peter's mom or mother-in-law. Now raise your hand if there's a need in your family right now, physical, financial, relational, just real quick, just for a second, raise your hand. Almost everyone in this room is raising their hand. I, I don't know if it's just at the beginning of the year, after the holidays, there's always, seems like this is the craziest, busiest time, and that's how it is in my life as well. My dad has two kidney stones and a, and a, bladder, sto- a bladder stone the size of a golf ball. So yeah, that's what's going on in our family. Now he lives in Chicago, and, and my mom my mom's there with him, and so I, went, I flew back this last week. It was supposed to be a minor surgery. That doesn't sound minor to me, by the way. I don't know about you guys, but that doesn't sound minor. Turns out it wasn't. They had some complications. He's still in the hospital. He's doing okay. He's still in the hospital. They're hopefully going to release him today. But I, it's interesting that I, we're at this message because this so relates to my world right now and probably some of you as well. So I just spent some time at, at home in Chicago helping my Mom and dad probably going to go back out this next week to help them some more. And what, what strikes me is this is, just, this is just the way life is. But what, what I love is that we see that Jesus cares about this kind of stuff. It might, seem, might be, seem a little bit, I mean, it's just a fever, right? But Jesus still cares about it. He has compassion. And then as we, as we turn the page in verse 32, it says, that evening after sunset, so he's still not done. Remember, he's at Simon Peter's home. He's thinking he's just could kind of pack it in. He's probably sitting down on the, on the lazy boy. He's probably got it reclined. He's eating some popcorn, maybe, some, maybe having a quick little drink, a Coke or a Dr. Pepper. I don't know. It doesn't tell us what Jesus liked. Um, but it says that that evening after sunset, many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. Okay, so now he's... He's not even, at his, he doesn't even have a home, but they figure out where he is and they go to this, it's kind of like the paparazzi a little bit to me is what it feels like. Like he can't get away from people because he's got something that everybody wants. And so just pay attention to what happens and how he responds to this. And by the way, it's demon pos- sick and demon-possessed people because remember last week we saw that he cast out a demon. So I'm sure word got around and everybody's like, I'm going to bring my son because he needs a demon. He's a teenager. He needs a demon cast out of him, you know. So who knows if they were actually demon-possessed or just teenage boys. We're not really sure. It doesn't tell us. But it does say that they were brought to Jesus and the whole town gathered at the door to watch. I mean, so are you getting, again, it's so easy as we read scripture, it's so easy to sort of read past it and not really stop and think about what's happening here, but just relate it to your life. It's after sunset. This is late at night. You, if you're anything like me, man, if somebody comes to the door, even in the daytime, if that doorbell rings, we're all ducking for cover. Like, everybody hits the ground. We're like, I'm like, Tracy, did you? Did you, is someone come over? I'm not, I didn't have, nobody come over for me. So we just kind of waited out, you know? Like, I don't know, back when I was growing up, we, we loved having visitors at our door. I don't know what happened in society that's changed, or maybe it's just us. But like, I don't, when I'm in my little castle, I don't want anyone bugging me. 
I'm gonna, I'll, be, I'll spend time with you when I'm out there, but when I'm, in, when I'm in my little world, like, don't bother me unless it's really an emergency. I'm sorry to show you how selfish I am. I'm just being honest with you here today. So that's what I'm thinking as I'm reading this. Jesus has had a busy day. Everyone's gathering at the door to watch what Jesus is gonna do with the lines of demon-possessed people and sick people. And it said, here's what it says, verse 33. So Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases, and he cast out many demons. So what we see from this, and again, this is just a, a glimpse of it. We see Jesus is pouring out. He's just pouring out. Jesus, this is how Jesus did life. He was a giver. I think you have two types of people in this world. You have givers and takers. And Jesus was a giver. Jesus was always giving. He was always serving. Jesus had this incredible compassion. Instead of closing the door and putting up a, you know, closed sign on the door, you know, we're not open right now. I'll, I'll talk to you in the morning. Jesus didn't apparently set good boundaries for his life. <laughs> Jesus was a giver. I have to say, by the way, we, as I mentioned, we have our, our, um, our serving team dinner tonight just to thank all of our volunteers. You know, that Tracy, how many, 120? 100, we have over 120 people coming tonight. And those are people who are serving in this, that's just this campus, that's just at this campus. So I wanna say thank you to all of you who serve and who give, who give of your life. And it's clean team and it's the greeting team, ushers, greeters, you've, you've met the people who serve if you're here today. You've met them. You, most of you are them. But if you're, if you're newer today, then you met them at least. And I love that. Uh, we, we love it that Alpine is so full of people who serve. Because to me, I think when you're serving, you're, you're being like Jesus. Because Jesus was a servant. So by the way, if you're here today and maybe you're newer, or maybe it's just been a while, you know, COVID, and we know people are still starting to come back, and we're so glad people are coming back. But wherever you are, whoever you are, if you want to serve, there's a place for you to serve. As we met, one of my goals for today is we've got 20 spots, 20, we like to call them opportunities to serve with our kids, which I think is the most important area of service in our church. It really is. It is the most important area. Our kids, this, these are our future and we want to make sure that they've got lots of adults and young people, young adults, even high schoolers, who are loving them and helping them and teaching them about Jesus. And we have 20 spots available. And I, my, my, Holly's our kids' church director. I want to blow her socks off today. And I want her to know that we filled every one of those spots. So after the service today, if you're looking for a place to serve, go stop by the kids' area. And you can see the slots that are available. And you can sign up even today. Because when we're serving, we're being like Jesus. Jesus poured himself out for the people. Now, that's not the only glimpse we have. I love this, that Mark included in verse 34. He included the next day. And the next day gives us a glimpse at how Jesus got ready for service. And I want, I want you to pay attention to this. This is really kind of convicting to me. Because it says... Verse 35, before daybreak the next morning, so this is before daybreak, that means that's early, the next morning, Jesus got up and he went out to an isolated place to pray. 
And later Simon and the others went out to find him. And when they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. Now look at what's going on here. First of all, we see what powers the ministry of Jesus. And I want us to pay attention to this. Now I'm talking to our volunteers now. Because this is, this, I'm, a, I'm a doer, and many of you are doers. Thank you, by the way. Many of you are doers. We've got a te- an overseer team of six men, godly men. We just met with them in the morning. I'm so grateful for our overseers, and they're all doers. They're all doing and pouring themselves out. I love it. And there are many more who are just doers. You love to do. You love to serve. And I, I want to say thank you for all of you who are doers. And I want to talk to you first, and I want to say this. Make sure that your doing flows out of your being. See, before we, before we act like Christians, and Christians serve, before we act like Christians, we should be Christians. Like we, our, our, our identity doesn't flow out of what we do. It's really hard, some of us are wired like this, we love to do a lot of stuff, and there's a, there's a tendency, especially in religious circles, the Pharisees were like this, and we're going to see what Jesus has to say to them in a couple of weeks. The Pharisees were the perfect example of people who thought that it was all about what they did. And they just did all this stuff. They just worked and worked and worked and worked and checked all the boxes and did all. And again, I'm, it's not like I'm trying to throw throw all that stuff out the window because it's important. We need people to work. We need 120 people to serve. And did I mention we, t- we need 20 more for kids' church? <laughs> so we need, we need doers. We need doers. I don't want you to misunderstand this. But we need to make sure that your doing flows out of your being. It flows out of being a child of God. It flows out of being in relationship with God. It doesn't just happen because we love to do things and that's our love language. It happens because we have this vital connection with God and what flows out of that vital connection is good works. And that's, that is such a huge difference. It's such a huge difference that the people who are like the Pharisees who just do the good works and they have no foundation, they have no connection with God. They're doing good things, that's just religion. And Jesus is going to challenge religion in chapter 2. What, what Jesus wants and what Jesus models here is that Jesus is vitally connected. Look, he's vitally connected with the Father. I know this is weird that the Son would pray to the Father. And the question you might have is, isn't Jesus God? And yes, he is God. But I love that what we're seeing here is that Jesus, in, in his humanity, is showing us, he's modeling for us that his all of his busyness from the day before, staying up till after sunset, all of his busyness from the day before flowed, because this wasn't the only morning he did this, he did this every morning. It flowed from being connected to the Father. So this connection that he has, he finds an isolated pray, place to pray, and he's just praying to God, the Father, and he's connecting with the heart of God, the Father. And so is it, it shouldn't be a surprise that out of that connection, he finds the energy to serve people even after sunset. And this is the example for us. This is a model for us is that our doing should flow out of our being, that we should be connected to God. If Jesus needed to be connected to the Father, how much more do we need to be connected to God? 
And so that's called, those are called spiritual disciplines. Spiritual disciplines are, are the things that we do in our life, like what Jesus is doing. Prayer is an example of a spiritual discipline. Reading your Bible is an example of a spiritual discipline. Like it's important for us to have spiritual disciplines. And by the way, we have a series at PursueGod.org on spiritual disciplines called Breakthrough Disciplines. And it lists out several of them, fasting and prayer and Bible study. And one of my favorites, one of my favorite disciplines is slowing. And this is good. If, for, for everybody who's coming tonight, for the other 20 of you who are going to sign up today for kid, the kids' church thing, I'm going to just keep talking about it, you know, make sure it happens. It's important for us, I think, to know that slowing is one of the disciplines because, again, I'm a doer, I'm a doer, I'm a doer. It's easy for me to just go, 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 go. Slowing, what slowing is, is it just, it says, I'm going to just, I'm not going to be efficient. See, doers love to be efficient. I'm not going to be efficient. I'm not going to be efficient. I'm just going to slow down. So an example of this for me is there's a, on Thursdays, I usually take Thursdays off in the summertime and I go and I golf with some buddies and, and I always take the long route to the golf course. There's a route that, we can, that I can take that kind of takes some country roads and back roads. It takes longer and it's further and I love it. But the first few times I did it, I was like, why am I doing this? This isn't the shortest route. You know, there's a more efficient way to do this. And we doers are wired like that. There's a more efficient way to do this. Here's the problem with efficiency. Relationships aren't efficient. Relationships aren't efficient. That's why I have a hard time with relationships. Because they're not efficient. They're messy. If relationships are taking the long route. Husbands, hear this. Your relationship with your wife isn't always going to be efficient. It's not all up here. It's not all logical. Like some of that is you just need to slow down and, and listen, which I'm sure I'm going to do after this sermon because Tracy's going to have some words for me, I'm sure, after throwing her under the bus. And so I'm going to be efficient. I'm going to slow down and listen as we have those conversations today. I'll, I'll make sure she's not in here for the next service. So slowing is a spiritual discipline that has been helpful for me because, again, it just helps me to, to really spend some time in worship, spend some time in prayer, and let God teach me what he needs to teach me. But if my ministry isn't flowing out of a relationship with God, then my ministry isn't useful to God because he doesn't really care about what I can do for him. He cares about having a relationship with me. That's what he wants. And Jesus models that. His relationship with the Father is first. It's the priority. And then, out of that, he goes about his busy day, every day. And I love this, what happens next here. It says that, that Simon and the others went out to find him. So they weren't, they weren't having their quiet time. Do you notice that? Isn't that interesting? Like, they're like, where's Jesus? They went out and found him, and they said, Everyone is looking for you. So it's so interesting that even, even Simon and his other disciples are like pulling Jesus back into ministry. He's like, hurry up, let's get back into ministry. And, and, and this is just how it is. It's just people, where there's always an excuse to get pulled back into this busy lifestyle and, and, and not just slow down and remember where it's all flowing out of and where it comes from. So let's be people who, who follow Jesus and who even serve Jesus, 
out of a connected place with Jesus. This is a reminder I need just about every month. It's so easy for me to wake up and just sit in front of my computer and start working. And I've had to really learn to slow down and really spend the first at least 30 minutes, maybe even longer, just in the word, in prayer, letting God speak to me, letting God prepare me for the day. And man, my day is always more productive when I do it like that. But it's not about being productive. It's about being connected. Being productive is just a byproduct of connection. And then we see as we finish up this section of scripture, we see the real priority of Jesus. Because here's how Jesus replies to Simon and the others. Here's what he said. We must go on to other towns as well, and I will preach to them too. That is why I came. And so he traveled throughout the region of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. So here we, we finish with Jesus busy again. And again, Mark is just giving us like this summary of it. He's just giving us this big picture summary. He's not getting into the details, but we can pretty much assume from this that it was just another busy day after another busy day, just busy, 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 ministry, ministry, ministry. And every morning, Jesus is connecting to the Father to recharge and refresh. And this is why he was able to continue to do this day after day. But here's what I want you to see in this passage. It's the real priority See, it's really easy for us to think that when we're following Jesus, when we're doing ministry, that the priority is we gotta, we gotta vacuum, we gotta clean the toilets, we gotta, we gotta do all the things, we gotta lead our small groups, we gotta make sure to serve in kids' church, and there's 20 spots left for that, and there, we need to make sure to serve in kids' church. And it's really easy to think that that's really what it's all about, but I love, I love the focus that Mark keeps bringing us back to, and we've, ha- we've seen it so far like six weeks now, The focus, do you see the focus here? The focus that Mark keeps coming back to. Look at what Jesus said. We must go on to other towns as well and I will preach to them too. Jesus wasn't just casting out demons. Jesus wasn't just healing the sick. Jesus wasn't just feeding the hungry. Those things are important. And by the way, we do stuff like that too. In fact, here at the end of March, we have our Love Layton event, our missions week that we used to do at Christmas time, and we pushed it back a little bit further so we can, we can be a little bit more focused with it. And so just be ready for this because we're gonna really, we've got some cool things we're gonna do to show the love of Christ to the community around us. We're gonna be doing that for a whole week in March. It's gonna be awesome. And that's good. And we like to call that community outreach, and we do a lot of community outreach, and that's important. But this is more important we don't, we don't feed the poor. Jesus didn't cast out demons and heal the sick just, just for some temporary reason, like, okay, now you can feel better because you're not possessed by a demon anymore. The purpose was always to preach the good news. Jesus' purpose was always to point people to the good news. And this is what, this is what we see his real priority is. It's not all the good stuff that we can do because, again, religion can do this. Religion can be about just feeding the poor and, and, and healing the sick. And, again, those things are good. I'm not trying to say there's anything wrong with those things. But if those things at the end of the day don't point people to Jesus, then we're, we're not really doing anything that's worthwhile. 
Jesus' main priority, his real priority, all the other stuff that he did was to open up the way for him to tell people the good news. And here's the good news. I want to just end the sermon today with this. Here's the good news. That Jesus went to the cross and he died on the cross, the perfect sacrifice for us, the imperfect humans. And three days later, he rose from the dead. It's a really simple message. Three days later, he rose from the dead and he defeated sin and death and the grave. And the, the Bible says this. It's, this is the good news part. The Bible says this, that we can be a part of the kingdom of God by faith. We, that we don't have entrance into the kingdom of God by our works, by like working really hard, trying to be a better person, trying to make up for all the bad stuff we've done. We've all done bad stuff. But that being a part of the kingdom of God is purely by faith, that when we trust in Jesus for salvation, that that he opens the door for us and he lets us in and we can have a relationship, which is what I've been talking about here. We can have a relationship with God like Jesus had a relationship with the Father. We can have a relationship like a vital, formative, foundational relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. And that that begins to work itself out in our lives, that faith that we have begins to work itself out from the inside out and we begin to, we begin to act and live like Jesus because he set us free. That's the good news. That's what Jesus went around preaching. That was the real priority. And if that was his priority, then that needs to be our priority. Let's pray together. Lord, I pray. I pray that you would help us to be focused on you. God, I pray first of all for the people in here who already know you, who are serving you and pouring their lives out, and there are so many, and I'm so grateful for them. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for our volunteers. Thank you for our overseers. Thank you for our, our, our kids director, for our youth director. Thank you for all of the, all the staff and volunteers at this campus and at all of our campuses at Alpine Church. We're so grateful, Lord. But God, I pray that all of us, that, we, that our service, that our working would flow out of our relationship with you. I pray that for me. I pray that for my wife. I pray that for my kids. I pray that for this church. But God, I also pray for the other people in here who maybe today what they're taking away is that maybe it's time for them to get up off of their couch. Maybe it's time for them to, to, to start looking outward a little bit more than looking inward. To find a place to serve. And that God, I pray that you would that you would allow that decision for them, God, to be translated into action, even today. And I pray lastly, Lord, for those who don't know you and, and who just right here at the end, they heard the gospel, maybe for the first time or maybe the, for the first time in a long time. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that they would receive that simple message, that simple offer of salvation and life change that comes only through faith in Jesus Christ. So for all of us, wherever we are, Lord God, we look to you and we trust in you in Jesus' name. Amen.